Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to another week of Badgedamia, everybody. Uh, this week, we have the exceptionally capable Kim Hanna as our co-host. Uh, whenever Dr. Danielle is gone, which she is on family vacation in Kansas City, I think, at the Science Center, I believe, was the last social media post I saw. Hi, Kim. Hello. Good, I almost said good morning, but I guess it's evening. It's Hello. dark, though, because we have a good old-fashioned yeah, tornado going. Um, and we also <laughs> have... What, Kim? <laughs> you might see, like, the Wicked Witch of the West fly by behind yes. me at some and we also have my favorite person in the world, professor of gerontology and spin instructor to the stars, Dr. Elaine Eshbaugh, also known as my wife. Thank Hold you. Up. Glad to be here. I think since the last time you were here, you became a spin instructor at Joy Wheel. That's right. I can't remember the timeline, but yes, I have I have a new job. Yeah. So um, I am now an indoor cycling instructor at Joy Wheel Cycling Studio in Cedar Falls. So come see me. I would uh, I would love to yell at you in the dark. Uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. And if you all hear any noise while we're doing this, uh, there is a storm going on and our dogs do not appreciate storms. So they're getting antsy. All right. So. Let's get started. We're going to start out with our question that we start out with every week. If you were trying to intimidate someone while eating, what would be the worst food to get your point across? The worst food or the best food? Worst food. Oh, I did the assignment wrong. Well, oh, you can I, do the best I was food trying to want. intimidate someone. <laughs> All right. What's the best food to intimidate them? Well, both testicles. Just straight up or the fried kind? Don't matter. Don't up with me. I'm eating bull testicles. Okay. Kim? I once had the cook in a restaurant come out because I have a very, I had a very distinctive order for a hamburger at this restaurant. And I ordered two within like two hours of each other. And the guy was like, that is insane. This is the same exact because we were there watching a basketball game and then he came out. I was like, that is insane that the same random weird order came through and the waitress goes, yeah, it's the same person. He goes, How big is this guy that he's eating two of these gigantic hamburgers in two hours? And she's like, yeah, it's not a big guy. And so he didn't believe her and came out and looked at me and I blew him away with how much hamburger I could put away watching a basketball game. Nice. And that is why Kim and I are friends. <laughs> so you're saying a large quantity is the large best. quantity of food. I can put away a large quantity of food. So I went with uh, what was actually written on the question. Um, and I said a banana would be the worst food to eat to try to intimidate someone. Cause it's just hard to take someone serious eating a banana. Ice cream. It's like if you're eating an ice cream cone, it's kind of hard to take someone seriously too. Danielle said jello. Mm. And I said that's a good point. Like someone trying to like get jello to their mouth on a spoon is a very non-intimidating thing. Spaghetti on a first date. That's probably just a bad first date. Movie. Just making a mess. Uh, all right. Well, question got some real reactions from us. 
Okay, so let's let's go. Uh, the episode starts with the women talking about how hot the guys are, and then they hatch a plan, the wow wow plan. Uh, from whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. friends from friends and uh, Seinfeld, and the challenge is to not masturbate um, for a whole week. And the guys seem to think that this is the hardest thing in the world. How do we feel about the challenge? I don't, I feel like I'm missing something that I don't really maybe understand this. And it's not because I'm like horribly offended or anything like that. Um, I just don't see how it really has anything to do with the episode. And it doesn't really go anywhere in terms of like tying in with what's going on. I kind of expected there would be like, more of a tie-in to like a theme of a date or something about sacrifice or you know something like that and there really was nothing so i'm just gonna say i saw no point mm. i'm gonna agree with elaine on this one you know katie keeps talking about how sex positive she is and then one of the most sex positive things you can do is what she denies all of the guys doing for no reason other than to like torture them maybe a little bit yeah um, they seemed very, somewhat than others, concerned about not being able to, to do it either. It's like, I'm, it's a day, calm down, but, or however long, I can't remember how long she made him go, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, I didn't really get it. I, I felt like it was kind of a lost joke. So uh, the virgin insists that he has a leg up or a hand um on the competition because he's never had sex i feel like he probably has it harder i would say the same because he probably does more than the other guys because that's the only way he has to release himself right so uh i found a from the american journal of medicine um a report and it says that in a representative sample of american adults uh, only 38% of women said they masturbated in the last year, while 61% of men said that they had masturbated. That Everyone's seemed, lying. That <laughs> seemed really low. I saw another <laughs> Yeah, self-report. Um, I found another one that had it at men over the age of 17 um about 80 to 85 somewhere in there um and then females um about 58 percent said that they did in this study so in case you were wondering what scientists say about it that's the that's the statistics and that's so I, I don't know how you get accurate statistics um on that one i think that is probably um if we're basing something on self-report, probably never really going to be quite, uh, quite accurate. I agree. The, the old adage is 98% of men say they masturbate and 2% are lying, um, is the, the joke, um, that people say, uh, any innuendo stick out any ones that you'd like to add before we move on from this? I love a good innuendo polishing the bishop one-handed handshake. Singles ping pong. God. I was trying to remember all the ones that were mentioned. Okay. 
give yourself I always I always heard the give yourself a how do you do but I don't know did they say that on the show I feel I think like he said the the one person handshake mm. I don't remember that one Kim that's a good one that's what I've heard okay <laughs> All right, we'll move on from masturbation now. Uh, so Justin gets a one-on-one, and it turns out that Hunter is a wealth of uh, knowledge about Bachelor Nation. They even said that he had posted on the um, Bachelor fan forums. So he is a one step ahead of me. I have never actually posted on a Bachelor fan form. Um, and then he talked about his top 10. What do you all think about the top 10? Do you think that's okay? Do you think it's... Well, I think they're all, everyone else who is giving him crap absolutely has also watched The Bachelor. And they, they like, it's clear that every episode they choose one to like go after. And this week it was clearly Hunter. So no matter what he did, they were going to go after him. But I'm guessing like they've all watched at least an episode of The Bachelor. They wouldn't have gone on The Bachelorette. And they probably follow, they probably follow Bachelors and Bachelorettes on social media because again, they wouldn't be on the show if they didn't really know anything about it. I, I think it's funny that he has a top four because he didn't make it into the top four. Oops, spoiler. Um, but I think... I just think they just, he, he was the target this week and he's not my favorite person on the show, but it was just interesting that it was just like, Oh, this is Hunter's week to be targeted. Do you think he's anyone's favorite person? Like, is there anyone in America besides his mom? That's like, that's the guy. Maybe his kids. Oh, that. oh that's right. So, um, one of my other thoughts about this is obviously being that obsessed with the franchise did not give him a competitive advantage because he got sent home. So Mm -hmm. you would think maybe if he were so obsessed and followed the show so closely, he would know how to play the game to like get to that, to that, that final four, but obviously he didn't. So I don't know why the guys are giving him a hard time. He didn't really gain anything from being that obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're best off acting like you're ignorant of it and you just have no idea what you're doing. Like you're making yourself a target by like, telling everyone you're that amazing well and did he share it or did somebody like i don't remember if he shared that he was doing all these things or if aaron the town gossip like did a little digging and like announced it to everybody else i don't remember how this information was well i watched it again today and it looked like it was common knowledge that he watched a ton and I don't, and, and he acknowledged it too. And they were asking him, has this ever happened? And he said, it's happened some, but not really. And I think what someone should do next time is say that they're an expert and just make stuff up. Be like, oh yeah, no, this doesn't happen at all. Uh, it happens all the time. Yeah. The, women- the other thing is what right do the other guys really have to make fun of him for following the bachelor? Because they're on The Bachelor. Right. Exactly. You know, because it's like people like him watch and that's why there is a show. So it's like you can't make fun of him for following or being obsessed with this stupid TV show that you are on. There is definitely a weird thing with the guys where it's like not cool to watch the show, but it's okay to be on the show. And I've never figured that out. Like, like you said, clearly they all watch it. And it's not like they were dating someone. They walked in and like, oh, I've seen a couple episodes when my wife's been watching it. It's like they're into it. Well, and I think more men watch this show than 
admit it might be the same percentages as admit to uh (laughs) they don't admit what happens more men masturbating or men watching the bachelor and bachelorette series uh i'm gonna let go i'm just gonna let go of it i'm just not even gonna go there (laughs) okay i think it's tight uh so justin and um and Katie, they take pictures and exchange vows with Franco. Um, and in the Hennibal viewing party at our house, uh, was not impressed. Uh, no. Thoughts on the weird faux wedding trend? I feel like there's been like five of these in the last three or four seasons. I don't understand. I think it's dumb. <laughs> Like, I just don't have anything really more to say than like, I think it's dumb and I don't understand. Like in the real world, you don't go on like a first or second date where you dress up and play wedding. Right. Wouldn't Um, you run if someone was like, here's the date. (laughs) Yeah. If someone showed up for a second date wearing a tuxedo and had a wedding dress over his shoulder, I would slam the door in his face and call the police. Like that's a stalker situation. Uh, yep. I do love Franco, so it was nice to have Franco there. Although That's good he was back, I was confused as to like why he was there. Is it just because he's already there quarantined for everything, so they just pull like they just pull who's ever available to do some of the the dates? Um, because his his hooded sequin jacket was dress was phenomenal. I would wear that. It was bordering um, on like a Daffy Duck look where it's like you've got like just a button up shirt on top and no pants. Like it was about two inches from being a full Daffy Duck. He had like bloomers on underneath or like. Yeah, Bill, he had bloomers on. It's fine. It's fine. Come on, Bill. He had bloomers on. He has nice legs. Show him off. Um, That is true. They wrote vows, which again, you don't really know each other and you're making fake vows to each other that if you don't actually, then like when we were watching it, I said, now did they have to bring these back out? If they, if he ends up being the one that gets married, are they going to reuse these? Like, why would you write fake vows? I, I don't know. I just don't like the wedding dress date. It's odd. It's, it's just odd. Hmm. So then they go through that. They seem to have a good time. And then they go to dinner and Katie discloses that uh, the person I'm going to try to get this right. She had considered to be her biological father was actually not. Um, her mother didn't tell her that um, until she was an adult. And now her actual biological father uh, wants back into her life. And I was like, man, she just keeps disclosing like, like traumatic things that I think would be traumatic to people. What are your thoughts on this? She doesn't give a lot of details about the situation. Um, I, I do remember it was Matt James, right. Who they brought his father in and had this heart to heart. I wasn't very fond of that you know, as someone who has people in their family who have been estranged, like, I don't like the idea of using that for like entertainment value. And I thought that Matt James's father was a little bit blindsided. I'm hoping there's nothing like that. That's going to come about. Um, she doesn't talk a lot about when her, um, biological father tried to come back into the picture. It sounds like after her, the, the man who raised her passed away, 
Um, there may have been, I mean, I feel like that could have been a 20 minute conversation condensed to two minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I don't know what else was in there to kind of un unpack. Um, and maybe that's okay. You know, sometimes I think when people's, you know, families are involved, um, maybe not every detail needs to really be thrown out there on TV, even if she does want to divulge some of that to the person she's with. Yeah, and I think that, were they running out of things to talk about? So she just kind of pulled this story out. Um, like, she, oh. like, why? I know why. Okay. Go for so it. I rewatched part of it before I fell asleep today on the couch. <laughs> um, and uh, she said that the day was hard for her. You know, the, the date oh. with the wedding. And oh, that's right. And that whole yes. thing, it was really hard for her knowing that her, her father who passed away um, wouldn't be able to be there for that. And right. it was very really right. difficult for her to process the wedding because her father couldn't be there. And a part of my mind was like, do you understand what this show is about? Is this a good time for you to be on this show? Yeah. <laughs> if that wedding was somewhat triggering for her, that that fake, fake wedding. Stupid wedding was triggering for her, um, what kind of place is she going to be in when you get toward the end of the show? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I really like her and I think she's awesome, but I also feel like she probably has some stuff that she could work through. And I, I worry sometimes that the show is creating so much extra like mental stress on her that maybe it's not the best thing. Um, but that's probably the thing when you have somebody who is actually real and not just trying to like get a bunch of endorsements, you know, like pilot Pete who just like came on and never said anything and just agreed with everybody. It's like, yeah. Maybe we can hook her up with the same therapist that Jason is seeing from Tasha's season. Oh, the, the one that made him feel the feelings. The yep. one who made the one who had feelings for the first time ever on the when, he, when he discovered feelings. Yep. When he discovered feelings and he discovered them hard. Maybe Katie can go to the same guy. He's same person. To be fair, I think he's discovered more than like the two feelings that football player guys have. Like that's he, true. He got past rage and happy, and he was like, "There's sad." Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um. There's morose. I've got. I, they gave me a feeling chart. I put it up every so, day. I know your feeling I'm having every day. Like I know Kim is joking about this, but if I'm being honest, like in thinking about this, I am sure that this show has therapists, counselors, psychologists um, available for its participants when they're done for things that may have triggered them or things that they are struggling with. I'm going to guarantee you that the franchise um, makes that available to them. So he could actually, I mean, they could see the same therapist. It would not. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't trust ABC Disney to necessarily do the right thing for their cast members after witnessing 60 years of Disney ch child stars. <laughs> but I hope maybe they've learned their lesson and do have something available for these cast members. I'm, but the thing is, Kim, I'm not saying they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. I think they're doing it because a lawyer advised them to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they don't get sued. I know they like do actually have a, 
they have a, a therapist or like a mental health professional on like on set in case somebody needs it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about how Justin handled it? Gus, Gus was not, yeah. Gus is not pleased. No, oh, Gus did Gus. not impress at all with the way. And he was watching. I mean, you guys were there. He didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a lot to say because again, I don't know how much of that was shown. I, you know, I think he, he talked about, you know, I'm very impressed with you. You're such a strong woman. Um, you know, and I don't know if those are the right things to say, you know, but I feel like he really did his best to be supportive and, um, I thought he did. I thought he did okay. His eyebrows were very concerned for her. The, the, his eyebrows really showed his concern. I think. Thoughts on <laughs> thoughts on Max the singer. Mur Murphy is a no on Max the singer. Oh, Murphy. <laughs> he was fine. I mean, it's. I think. I just. I every time they do this, they do it all the time with the singer that no one's heard of playing for two people just standing there with their arms around each other who may or may not dance together i just think it's weird but it's great exposure for new artists so in that case i say thank you bachelorette for supporting the arts but i didn't i i don't think i will buy any of max's singles as far as all the bands or singers they have i thought he was the best so far that i've ever heard on the show I, well, that's good. Yeah. I appreciate that he wasn't country. Yes, thank God. They go for the country. They do. They do. Does Max have a last name? Just Max. I mean, is it like Madonna? Like he figured out Max is just Prince. unique enough. I just yeah. need to be Max and everyone will know. There's no other. There's Max. no other Max. There was a lot of uh, people online that picked up on that. The Max. Like, like, does he have a last I think it's because every country band is like, some hick name and then some very generic last name like Hunter Johnson or something in there. Like, yeah. Maybe his last name is like a last name that he doesn't want to be associated with. So he oh. only by Max because his last name is problematic. Like Trump? Muddlebucker or Max like Trump. Either one. Trump. Okay, so then they go on the group date um, and the drag queens come out and the Hennibal watching party got excited. Oh, there was so much potential in this yeah. group date. There was so much potential. And I want to throw a, uh, like a go good you out to Michael, who was so pumped yeah. to go into drag. It was instead, so exciting. And said they just decided to do some type of weird insult debate thing. So I saw on the internet today that a scene got cut where they actually did runway walking. All of the Bachelor oh. runway walking with the drag queens and it got cut from the episode. And for that, I am enraged. Really? That would have been so much better than the mean speeches that they did. Ugh. So I didn't catch this, but when I rewatched it today, one of the guys was like, I've never seen a drag show. Am I supposed to check him out or not check him Blake. out? Blake, Blake was yeah. confused. He didn't know whether he was supposed to check them out or not. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, Blake, guys. there's no, there's nothing against checking them out, Blake. I think that's. You check out whoever you want to check yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. I think you got to ask yourself that question, Blake. That's right. Yeah. You can look at anyone you want, how you react to it and how it makes right. you. Right. Is a very different thing. Yeah. 
So thoughts on the uh, thoughts on the insulting each other. Did we did we learn anything? Their insults were lame. Yeah. So I got yeah, they were. And here's the thing: when they started, they really weren't insulting each other, but then they weren't insulting enough. So Katie and the drag queens got on their case to be more insulting, and still they were lame. But um, they really had to be kind of pushed to be insulting. And then, like, I forget when, the next day, or I I don't know my timeline, Katie gets mad about all the drama, which really makes me angry because you put these guys in the situation. They didn't really, like, they weren't, like, really super eager to go in there and, like, like, you know, like, just tear each other down. They were kind of pushed, and then all of a sudden, Katie's, like, she's really sick of the drama with the guys. Right. That she caused by having them all attack Hunter in there. I will, the lesson I learned is that if you are being made fun of, it is always best to just be really complimentary if you're trying to impress somebody because Hunter like took the wind out of their stuff. They called him a leprechaun. They said he was conniving. And he's like, I'm not going to say anything mean. I'm just here for Katie. And it's like, though it didn't work out in the end for him, uh you could tell the guys were just like there was one point where they went over to Aaron and he was just like like he was like well how am I going to deal with this if he's not willing to fight me and and I don't think Aaron's exceedingly bright and I believe one of the drag queens even said we heard you were tall dark and handsome and not very not that bright (laughs) yeah and that's not true you're not tall and handsome uh and I think he was just befuddled like how do you deal with a man who won't fight like what right use my words it goes back to he's the guy who punches people in bars. Yep. And drywall. And drywall. I thought that was probably the most insightful thing anyone said this season, Kim. It's like that dude's definitely put a hole in drywall because he, he has absolutely punched a wall. Yep. Uh, so then um, they have the cocktail party. Katie comes out and says, you know, you need to make a connection. Time's running short. Uh, Andrew S. says no one kisses him, uh, kisses her like him thoughts on that i love andrew s but i think he he looks like a on tv he looks like a terrible kisser and what's terrible about the kissing kim he doesn't use his hands he just kind of like leans in with his face but there's no hand movement anywhere he's a very i think he's a very straight on kisser that's problematic like you got to tilt your head and he looks like he just goes straight in mm-hmm all right, I keep forgetting it's a podcast and people can't see my face. Well, they can see you. There's a YouTube and a, yeah. Right. But for those who couldn't see, Kim just did a, a bite like a fish. I did an open mouth toddler kiss. You know how when toddlers oh, go yeah. and they just have their mouths open and they clamp down on your nose? That's kind of how he kisses. Uh, Greg says he's falling for her um, and says she's hard to read. Any thoughts on that? I think he's in the top two. I like Greg. Um, I was worried he was going to get kind of friend zoned as, as the good guy, but, um, but I, but I think she's there with, with him. So um, I hope he sticks around. Blake really emphasizes that it's hard not to jerk off. Um, See, again, like how is this fitting in with the episode? I don't see like, usually like there's some kind of like, theme I can kind of like 
a challenge I can like pull it back to. I'm not getting it. He's just a big oaf. Like he's just yeah. a lumberjack oaf that must be a clearly is a really good kisser because she goes to town on him as much as possible. But so I will for all of Blake's issues, which I think number one, um, uh, if a pile of steaming poop was the next Bachelorette and he does not in the end get get picked by um, Katie. I think he will still apply and say that steaming pile of poop is the love of his life. Um, so, I mean, I think he has his issues. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm going to say here is he moves into the house and everybody is kind of like, oh, Blake's moving into the house. You know, he's coming late. This is going to be a deal. But the guys actually really seem to like Blake. I mean, they turned on Hunter. They didn't turn on on Blake. So he must be kind of a cool guy to hang out with, um, you know, because he seems to have just kind of seamlessly kind of jumped in and and blended in with them. So kudos to him on that one. I don't know what his trick was. Not surprisingly, Elaine and I have a lot of very highbrow conversation about lowbrow television, both being social scientists. And we were talking about Blake's attachment style. And I think that Blake is the type of guy that falls in love with every girl until they fall in love with him. And then he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I don't, I think he is somebody who like yep. really wants a connection. And then once he gets it, it scares him and then he's done. And I think that's, what's going to happen with him. So, yeah. Yeah. and I think yeah. the way he shows that he's really into somebody is talking a lot about sex and a lot about physical stuff and using the word love a lot. So. Uh, Hunter tells Katie the guys are being mean to him um, and that he really likes her. And then Katie barfs and no one gets a rose and leaves the party. Um, what was up with the throwing up? Because she said, I feel ill. I assume it was because of everything that was going down. Or was it just like she ate like some bad shrimp cocktail? Maybe it was the Taco Bell from last week. Yeah, I don't know. Or two um, so I am I am someone who has a very anxiety-riddled stomach as well. So I tend to throw up when I'm very dealing with high anxiety things. And I feel like this is a pretty high anxiety environment for her. And she's probably not eating that much because she's trying to like squeeze into these dresses every week. And she's, there's always that alcohol. And so I think she's just like compounding all the anxiety of like getting closer and closer and closer to the end and like having to get rid of, starting to think that she has to get rid of more guys. And then Hunter is just kind of icky. And maybe her conversation with him triggered just like, oh, I gotta, I have to expel all the toxicity that's in my body, right? That's around me right now. Cause I do that. So I, I could see that being part of it. Yeah, I get that too. When I get really anxious, I get sick to my stomach. So I, I understand it. I just, when she said it, she like, when it happened, she was like, I feel ill. And I was like, I think we're supposed to assume that it's because of this, but like, they never really clarified. Like, maybe. Although at the Hennebaugh um, viewing party, we just kind of had that secret hope that she was pregnant. 
Yeah, we sure did. Yes, because then Maury Povich would come on. And, and like, it's Blake's baby. You are yeah. not the father. I mean, it would just bring such an interesting twist to the show. I just, I'm still holding out this tiny bit of hope. Yeah, that would be amazing. The real amazing thing is if it was a guy that she had eliminated. Think about that. They're down to the final four. and it What is if the- it was Hunter? And it was Hunter's kid, and he came back and rolled in like, what's up? Oh, my God. We've just created a new right. show on top of Bachelor in Paradise. You could do, like, Bachelor in the Oven. And- <gasps> bun in the Oven. Bachelor Bun in the Oven. Bachelor Bun in the Oven. And you get knocked up by one of the bachelors, but you don't know which one. And you go through the whole nine months. And it's like the end of Bridget Jones's baby where both guys are in the delivery room and she doesn't know who the father is. And then the baby comes out and then they do a DNA test. It's like Mama Mia combined with Bridget Jones's baby combined with the bachelorette. I love it. Bachelor rule at like bachelor <laughs> rule, like roulette, bachelor roulette. Oh man. Print it. Hit it. us up. Hit us up, Bachelor Nation. Um, wow. It's like second Bachelor show that I've invented on this podcast. That's a good one. Yeah. This is why we bring you on for that. Type hey, Cam, of are are you using a koozie? I am. Are you just cover? Are you covering that up because we don't have like a paid sponsorship with these with a company? The sparkling water, so I don't think it matters. It's not beer or soda, but it's I my. Hope- it's my friend's wedding koozie from a few years ago. Well, I'm drinking. Um, I'll I'm drink drinking, that. I drink a lot of sun-kissed orange. So if sun-kissed orange would like to. Oh, okay. Up, um, um, please sponsor. Oh, yeah. If we're looking. Yeah. So we will always, if you sponsor us, and it doesn't have to be a big sponsorship. Like Don't wear a koozie. We will always drink your drink during our show. Yep. Without a koozie. Although I do like yeah. the because it keeps it colder. I just wish y'all were boozing. I thought that's what I thought Kim had a alcoholic drink and was trying to. Uh, well, when will we do that version that's like drunken history? Oh man, I can't. Oh my god, I love drunk history. Yeah, we've gotten <sighs> off task. They need to bring that back too. We Elaine and I during the pandemic found it online and burned through like all the episodes in two days, and it is as good as. Oh you my can. god! The Lewis Clark expedition is one of my favorite episodes. Kim, I just thought of something. Can yes. you imagine the drunken history? The drunk history they will make about like 2016 to 2021. Oh, it's real history because we were all drunk because it was so traumatizing. Yeah. I know, but we won't remember it that well when we watch it because we'll be like, oh, I was so drunk. I have to uh, watch drunk history to learn what really happened. I remember. Yep. Cheers. <sighs> all right. So Connor gets an 03, O cubed, one on one. That's what I'm calling it now. Okay. I wondered what that meant. Yep. Uh, Caitlin and Jason double date with them. Um, and it occurred to me, this is like the most real life date the show has ever had. Like your friend invites you and your significant other, and then you don't really know the significant other of that friend, but you're supposed to like get to know them and hang out. Um, thoughts on everything up to the point where they kissed. Katie skips on her hot dog. I loved it. So I don't really know if, if Connor has watched this and processed it, but 
Connor, if he wanted to, if he wanted to watch this and be like, okay, dude before me got to pretend to be in a wedding with her. <laughs> he got a rose. And here I am at this lame ass, like barbecue, having to make friends with this, you know, bro I've never met before. And I get sent home. So I think she knew before that one-on-one that she was probably going to send him home, but she needed to do the one-on-one yep. to send him home. And so they recruited the other two so that she wouldn't have to have some sort of romantic date with him. Oh my God. They were like a smoke screen. They were. And I will say that I also enjoy putting, I put ruffles, I well, not necessarily ruffles unless they want to sponsor, but I put ridged potato chips because they are better than plain potato chips, that I put ridged potato chips on turkey sandwiches. Mm. And it's very good. So she is not the only... Little Miss puts chips on her sandwiches in the world. Well, that's is a hot dog. Back, a sandwich. Katie is a hot dog a sandwich. That's a whole nother debate. Oh I'm god. Thinking. Yes, I'm, it has bread. Um, the only thing that could have made that date more real life is if like Caitlin Jason, Caitlin's fiance, tried to like talk him into like becoming part of some type of pyramid scheme or wanted to show him his like collection of sports memorabilia or you know something really that you're like oh god we've got three more hours of this and you're like chugging a beer to like keep yourself awake um, yeah yep. so then they kiss and caitlin and jason creep on them i thought that was really awkward i didn't understand that um and they seem to think it was going really well it was not um Connor thinks the kiss was great and Katie did not and sends him home. Uh, any thoughts on why they didn't work out? And we kind of talked about how watching the date back, you can see that it was really going well, but why, why didn't they work? Cause a lot of people like Connor and a lot of people thought Connor was the front runner. I didn't. Oh, Christy and Danielle are uh, full on Connor devotees. No. So is former guest Megan Boyd Costner. He's divisive. I think he was there to get a record deal. I think he wanted to be there and play music. You may be right, Kim. But one thing I will say about Connor is I kind of want to go out for a beer with the guy because the reaction that the other men had when he was leaving, Trey was crying. Michael was crying. Like there were like four to five men openly sobbing. So I guess one of my thoughts is if your competitors are literally sobbing when you get kicked off the show, you must be okay on some level. So I, I feel like maybe he was just a nice guy to have around or uh, something, but I would be interested in going out for a beer to figure out, you know, just what that draw was. Even Aaron like hugged him and said he was a good guy. And you know, Aaron doesn't actually feel any real emotion. He looked around the room and saw that all the other guys really liked him. And then he was like, I better get in on this. So when I need to make another uh, takeout of a person, I have the backing of the white guy vote or whatever Aaron was going for there. Yeah. Uh, Blake swoops in with a boom box. Um, Thoughts on the move? Blake is a smooth operator. Like he knew that she would be upset 
because everyone was upset. So he knew she would be upset too. What song was he playing though? He wasn't playing the Peter Gabriel song, was he? It was the song by Jethro, whatever the hell his name is, that played when they went on their date. Cash Brian. Oh, that's great. He's trying to trigger that memory. Mm -hmm. He's a smart cookie. I predict this is the point where Blake realized that Katie really likes him and is now quickly falling off of love with her. Like, he has gotten what he needs, and now he's like, you're no longer interesting to me. And she's devastated because she is finally really interested in him. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. They seem pretty into each other, but it is a TV show, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it was very sweet how, I will give this to Connor as well. Like, he was legitimately taking care of Katie. Yeah. She was breaking up with him. And that was very honorable. I don't know a lot of gentlemen that would do that while being broken up with. Um, but he, even at the very end, he wanted to make sure she was okay. And he was nice. Too, I think Elaine is more right about her assessment of him than I am of my assessment of him. Yeah, I even, go ahead, Elaine. Oh, I feel like based on his appearance on the show, Connor is going to have no problem finding a lady when he gets home. Yeah. I just, I just feel like a lot of people are going to be trying to connect with him um, through friends and acquaintances. And I think he's going to be okay. I think he's supposed to be a huge tourism town too. So there'll be lots of girls coming in on bachelorette parties. That'll see him at a bar and just. His his Tinder is going to be on fire. Oh yeah. Uh, So. No cocktail party. Katie takes Hunter aside and asks why she shouldn't send him home. And he says he really likes her. Um, she buys it or does she? Thoughts on Hunter? I love how she did it again, where she calls his name, calls the guy's name. <laughs> all the rest of the guys like, what? And then she walks him out and talks to him. I just, I like how she handles her, co- her uh, rose ceremonies. Well, I also like it when like, someone gets pulled out so you know hunter comes down hunter can i talk to you and all the guys are standing on the risers like so how long are we going to be here should we get another drink is it weird if we sit down like i mean because you have no idea is this going to be two minutes or is this going to be a 30 minute conversation so they're all just like and i'm sure the conversation they had was at least like 40 minutes and then i'm sure they do those like talking head things so I bet that was probably like a 30 or a, like an hour and a half, two hour like break where the guys are like. Yeah, I also appreciate when the guys come in and they see how many roses there are and they're like <laughs> six roses, only bro. Six. There's only six, bro. That means there's like four people going home. No. Yeah. It's nice that some of them can do math fast. Yes. Wow. Well, Give together. No, not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah. Together, together they are one functional human. Like they're like Voltron. You put them all together, and they just. Except Michael. Michael is put together without the rest of them. It's true. Uh, So uh, Justin, Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael A, Mike P, and Brendan. Brendan bangs right. Brendan one bang. Brendan one bang. 
Um, the firefighter oh, train. He was he was Brendan Tubang though. Yeah, he was for a little bit, but then he went back to Brendan one day. Yeah, yeah, he's got one bang there that like doesn't want to get in line with what whatever the look is he's going for. Have we seen them interact at all? Like, is he this season's Ed? Is he just gonna like slide through and then all of a sudden be like, oh, whoops, you're still here, goodbye? He had a short little thing where he was like, yeah, I'm falling for you, but I haven't seen them do anything of, yeah. Hmm. Um, I forgot what I was going to ask. I had a, uh, any, any other surprises for people who got to stay? Nobody. No, I think it's funny that the little tattletale party all got sent home. Yes, the the Hunter, okay. James, Aaron, Trey um, team all got sent home, especially because there was a point where Aaron and Trey, and I can't remember who the other person were, were standing around basically like agreeing to go rat out Hunter. It was James. It was, was it? those three, yeah. I was calling it the axis of evil. Um, especially cause James had like the slick back hair and the, yeah. He always looks like a Bond villain in every outfit he wears. Oh, yes. Yep. So Hunter, James, Aaron, Trey, and Connor who got sent home earlier, all gone. So the only people left are bro. There's six of them. Justin Blake. No, there's seven of them because one guy got a rose, Justin Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael, a Mike P and Brendan. So how many go to the hometowns Four. So we'll probably have, and yeah, like, yeah. is will there will there will there be a huge elimination again next week, and then hometowns are in two weeks? I think so. Oh, who yeah. are getting the hometowns? Oh, look at this! Is why we bring her on as host. She's going off script. Um, I think Blake, Greg, Mike, uh, Dad, Mike. I can't yeah. remember which mic that is. And, Dad Michael. And, and then I don't know who that. I can never figure out who the fourth one is. I think Andrew would be the fourth one. Oh, yeah. Because I, like, I like Andrew. Because well, no, uh, Justin was, I don't, uh, I don't see Justin, Mike, P, or Brendan. Unless somebody else self-eliminates, like Blake, because he's not in love with her anymore. I like that you chose the term self-eliminate. Like they create ritual subtaku. <laughs> I'm self-eliminating. Domo. Elaine, any thoughts? Um, you know, there this is based on just like previews that we've seen, but it looks like there is someone who she is very interested in who does self-eliminate. Um based on what we've seen kind of later in the show. Um, but they could be misleading us with that as well. So they do like to do that. Yeah. I did hear that recording for this episode um, ended two weeks early from what the schedule the season was. ended early. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah that's that. what I heard. So I don't know what that means. So it means she was not shy about just kicking people out the door. I yeah. Like okay. So lessons learned from the episode. So my lesson is um, you can't be mad about drama if you intentionally poke the bear. So my thought is between like, and this is not just this episode and it's not even just this season, but it's like you have um, 
a situation where you want the guys to insult each other, you even push them to do it when they're not going to do it. You have a you have a situation where they're encouraged to violently attack each other playing a sport. Um, <laughs> and then Katie's like, I'm just done with all this drama. Um, well, you know, in like I know there are some issues in the house, but it also seems like there's a lot of good friendships developing in the house. And I'm wondering if they're trying hard to kind of like do something to pit guys against each other. Because I mean, yeah, they didn't like Hunter, but you know. I mean, and I mean, there, there was the dude that got kicked out, what, Honest. two weeks ago? Yeah. You know, but I also see a lot of guys have like really cool friendships and I like to see that. I think that's kind of, you know, kind of fun to see how the guys become friends in the house. But um, I mean, producers don't really like that because they're counting on, they're counting on something to go down between the boys. And um, now that she's got the tattletales out of there, I just don't know if that if we're going to see that. I don't know. I was thinking my lesson learned is if all you do is talk smack about other people and choose choose an enemy every week, no one's going to miss you when you're gone. I don't think anybody was crying when Aaron left the show. I think I, I'm going to pursue Miss Trey because I found him adorable, but nobody's going to miss the other two that left out of the axis of evil, I don't think. Um, now that you say that, if you said if you're going to choose a new enemy every week, I think I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to choose a new enemy every week. It, like well, work or just oh, like it could be anywhere. universal. Oh, I love. Oh, I mean, it, it could oh, be yeah. anyone. Like, you know, Bill. It could be you one week, Kim. It could be you one week. You know, that's it just could like be marriage, somebody. though. But like the important thing is, it switches every week. Yeah. So, so here's the question: Can you pick the same person later on? Like, you pick me one week. You obviously can't pick me the next week. But then the week after, can you come back? I think so, because sooner or later, I'll just run out of people. Like if I do oh, this, I love to <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of oh, like. It makes her want to pick you, to, to pick you two weeks in a row. That's on you. That's not on her. It's kind of like Blake asking if he should check out the drag queens. It's like, well, if you want to check out the drag queens, like I don't <laughs> think they have any objections to being uh, looked at. Like they're. Yeah. Uh, the thing I like about quote choosing a new enemy every week is it it really doesn't sound like I'm being reactive. Like it's not like this person did this; they're my enemy. It's like I'm just selecting. You're I'm taking fate into your own someone. hands. Yeah. Why wait for someone to be mean when you can? Should just I be mad at? I'm being proactive. I'm <laughs> going to make you my enemy before you can be mean to me. Yeah. Why? Mm. Why wait for them to do something to piss you off when you can pick something they do and be like? <laughs> eating their Cheetos with their mouth open. Mm -hmm. Oh, I booed yeah. for that too. Uh, my lesson would be if someone's being mean to you, the best way to really cut them off at the pass, if they're doing it in front of people is to be really nice to them. Mm -hmm. Like there's just no way that they come out looking good. If you're just like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to say anything mean about you. You seem like a good person. Um, so Everyone who has worked in retail has used that skill. Yes. And over and over again, kill them with kindness. The meaner they were to me, the nicer I was to them. Cause then it just makes them feel, or they don't have feelings. If they're being mean to a, a retail worker who makes minimum wage in his right. team. But if they did, then they'd feel bad. Cause I'm saying, 
Have a good day. Thank you so much for coming. When I worked in the provost office and I was basically the uh, human shield and like whenever there was a mad parent, they like sent them to me to yell at me. That was my, my goal was to be just really nice. And it's like, at some point they're going to be like, I can't be mad at this guy anymore. So. Yep. All right. Elaine, Kim, you get the final word. We blew through this episode. This is going to be a short one. Everyone, you get like six minutes of your life back to do whatever. When you planned an hour to listen to this, now you're going to get a whole like six minutes. To well, let's hope you have, you have not committed to the whoa, whoa, whoa challenge. because now you have a free six minutes oh yeah maybe you were listening to this to like help out with the whoa whoa challenge and now you're sorry six minutes of idle time just sitting around if you are doing the whoa whoa challenge i'm gonna give you permission to stop doing the whoa whoa challenge early and never (laughs) do the whoa whoa challenge again yeah you get nothing out of that I think if we've learned anything from history and drunk history, we know that the more stifled a person is, the more war and damage they do in this, in the world. So don't do the whoa, whoa challenge. Rather, I'm so disappointed in the Bachelor franchise for promoting war. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's like Napoleon marching across. Yeah. yeah. And they got rid of the guy with the Napoleon complex. So what are they going to do now? I don't know. I want to know who's going to be the next person everybody hates. Like there's no one in there. That's really got a hateable personality. If it's Michael, I will go to New Mexico, even though they stopped filming two months ago and I will punch them all in the faces because (laughs) and deserves only happiness. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a good way to end. Everybody (laughs) have a good weekend. Thank you again for being on next week. I think Danielle will be back. So thanks everybody. Bye friends. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGew and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Thanks for listening.